James chapter 3, if you would. It has been a huge treat and a gift from the Lord to be with you and to have the privilege of sharing. So thank you to the committee, thank you to every one of you, and thank God for all that He has accomplished and plans to accomplish in our lives for His glory. So um, this morning, uh, I have a title uh, for this message, uh, if you're taking notes, and that title is, is this, um, Grace, 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 Grace. Yeah, this is what the Lord put on my heart to end the week. Um, grace, 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 grace. You can write it down however many times you want. Um, you can go dot, dot, dot and just do it quickly. But, um, but this is how the Lord definitely led me to end my portion of, of the week is just that we live in an ocean of grace. And of course, when I say we, I mean all of us that know Jesus Christ as Savior. Um, Lynn and I live four miles from the Pacific Ocean uh, we love living four miles from the Pacific Ocean, largest body of water on planet Earth. And when you think about the love of God, um, that to me is a nice picture. You think about the grace of God, that's a nice picture. Um, in the book of Titus, it says of the Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of God has appeared, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. But I just want to think about the Lord Jesus as the grace of God. Um, if he were here, physically, I mean, um, he had no form or comeliness that we should desire him. I mean, he would just be standing right here, right? Looking kind of normal. And, and, but he would be um, the most gracious person that any of us would, would ever meet. So much so, like the scripture says, he's full of grace, right? So, so full, not that it's a very complicated subject, but full means containing as much as is possible. In other words, Jesus Christ could not possibly be more gracious than what he is. And I love that. That's such a delight. Um, yeah, so okay, let's read it. Uh, James chapter 3 says nothing about grace, the verse that we're going to read, <laughs> but, but stick with me. James chapter 3 and verse number 2, we're only going to read the first little phrase. Here we go. For we all stumble in many things. Now that doesn't sound like grace, does it? And it doesn't sound very encouraging as we head out, but this is what God has given me to say. We all stumble in many things. Uh, Lynn and I just had a 21-day road trip, and um, you know what? I, I need to pause. Can we pray? Lord, please just give us your help. Um, yeah, please give us your help. Uh, please bless the, the precious saints that are, that are seated around this circle this morning, and please bless the precious saints that will listen someday uh, on tape. In Christ's name, amen. Lynn and I just had a, a 21-day road trip, and, um, and we, we originally were going to fly to Lafayette, Louisiana, and we looked at plane tickets. It was $3,200 for two plane tickets. It was crazy. And so that made us think, um, you know, what should we do? Uh, plane tickets did come down a little bit later. Um, we actually purchased plane tickets, but then I was so unsettled in my spirit. And I went and sat with the Lord and, and, um, 
until I, I settled, no, we, we should drive it. And we can hit two of the eight cities on the way out, and we'll spend a night in each one to pray. And then we'll see our commending assembly. We'll see family. We'll go to, to the Galilee Discipleship Program. And then on the way back, we can hit two more cities. And it was a trip that was so ordained of God. Um, and, from, and, and I don't know if I mean it literally, but my recollection of the trip is that there were divine appointments every day. Like, that's my recollection. That, that's my overall impression, is that it was just so characterized by divine appointments every step of the way. And it was such a delight. I'll give you one example. Um, we left California, and we started driving. We went to Reno, spent one night there, um, prayed. Uh, just enjoyed fellowshipping with God and his vast love for that city and those people. And then, and then we went on to Salt Lake, spent one night there, prayed, fellowship with God and his vast love for that city and, the, and those people and his desire to do a fresh work there. And then, and then we took off and, and we drove. I don't even remember every detail. We must have spent the night somewhere. Uh, we drove from Salt Lake to middle Nebraska, I suppose. And then, um, and then we got up the next day and, um, and we were driving through Nebraska, um, and at some point during this process, it occurred to us that our friend, our dear friend, Matt Van Essen, does anybody know the Van Essen family? Yeah. Maybe some of you? Yeah. Um, were some of you praying for them recently? Yeah. They, um, their 17-year-old son drowned in a river in Montana um, maybe a month ago. I mean, I forget, something like that. And in it, somewhere in this journey, um, it occurred to Lynn and I that our dear friend Matt Vanessen was going to be driving through the night for very practical reasons, because it's cooler, driving his son's body from Montana back to Lincoln, Nebraska, so that they could bury their 17-year-old son. And, and we had left California, stopping along the way, and we were going to pull into town the same time that they were going to pull into town. And so we contacted them and said, and said could, we, could we stop and give you a hug? Um, could we buy you lunch? And, um, and they, they said, yeah, that would be a, a gift from the Lord. And, and so we said, praise God. And so we drove into town, here four-day trip from California, and we arrived at the funeral home five minutes before they did. And um, so we were there. Um, we were, oh, don't cry. <laughs> don't look at my wife. Um, yeah, um, we, yeah, we were there when, when, um, when he got out, and, um, and it was such a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah, I, I looked at him, and um, he, when he saw me, um, I don't remember what he said, but just the look of joy and... <laughs> He's a big bear of a guy, you know, and just to be able to like just to hug him and and then just hold on to him for a while and then and then uh, take him and grab lunch and just let him talk and uh, oh, it was such a gift from the Lord. Pray with him, yeah. And the whole trip was like that. I mean, it's just day after day after day of divine appointments. Now I have a real point in sharing this. Another divine appointment on the trip. Um, we were in a, a truck stop and um, there's a long line at the cash register. And I think I had one thing. It was like this. I mean, I, something. I, I don't remember what it was, but I had one thing. And I was just waiting in line, right? And we were just seeing divine appointments day after day. And, um, and so this person had a loaf of bread. That's all they had. That person had a bottle of Gatorade. That's all they had. This person had one thing. This person had one thing. And, and I thought, I should just say, hey, let's speed this up. 
And when it's my turn or when it's that person's turn, just say, scan all these and I'll pay for them. I mean, it would cost, what, like six bucks, right? And then what are people going to say? They're going to say, thank you, that's very kind. And then you can respond one of two ways. You can either say, pay it forward, right? Or you can say, hey, the Lord Jesus Christ paid a far greater price than that for you, and it's a super huge privilege just to buy you something tiny and then tell you the Lord loves you, and and here, you know, this tells you more about it from God's word. Does that sound like an awesome divine appointment? You know what I did? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, nothing. Uh, Sat there, um, you know, and just, I had it all mapped out in my head. And, uh, and I just didn't do it. We all stumble in many ways. And please understand me. Um, I'm not saying that I'm okay with my failure. I'm not okay with my failure. Um, I walked out and, uh, and, and I, I told Lynn, I said, I failed the Lord in there. Um, but I told the Lord that before I told Lynn. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry I failed you. And um, like there's always a sorrow to failure, for sure. Um, but the Lord's response to me was so clear, and it was so encouraging. Um, it's okay. Own it, confess it, and then be ready. And there's going to be so many opportunities. Just own it, confess it, be ready. Have you ever had an amazing coach in your life? One thing I love about the Lord is, is he's the most amazing coach that any of us will ever relate to. Like, he's such a good teacher. He's such a good encourager. He's such a good motivator. He'll correct you when, when you need it to be. Um, but we, I just live in an ocean of grace. Um, another, another day on the trip, um, we went to see our son. Um, just we had one evening with them, one afternoon with our daughter, one evening with our son. And we were headed back to their house after a, an enjoyable, a delightful dinner. And all of a sudden, there's this flash flood. I mean, it's just raining like crazy. And when I say flash flood, I mean the root system of trees that were like 15 feet wide were just like sweeping by, full trees. And, and I mean, it's just a flash flood. We're a couple hundred yards from their home. And, and then we're looking at this, like obviously we're not going to get across that. And then we see there's a woman in a car. Um, and the, we pulled up, the water was about up here on the door. And within, I don't know, five minutes or four minutes, the, the water was like up here on our window. Um, and then the water picked up her car. Um, and like these massive trees are coming by. I have no idea what's that way. And, and her car starts spinning like this. And, um, and I'm sitting there, like I love to pray. I mean, that's my, honest, my testimony. It's probably my favorite thing um, in life is to talk with the Lord. And, and I love the battle of prayer. I love the, the love relationship of prayer. I love all of it. And, and I knew this is the perfect moment when, when I could pray. There were probably five or six people there. There were more people coming. You've got a woman's life that's, that's to say she's in danger puts it incredibly simply. Um, this is a perilous situation, right? And the car just keeps turning. And, and multiple times I thought this is the perfect opportunity to pray. That's the Spirit of God provoking you, right? You know what I did? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, now I don't want to make it sound like the whole trip was a failure. Um, the whole trip was, was submersed by the grace of God, and, and those are the two instances that vividly stand out to me where I just had to ask the Lord to forgive me. And, um, but I'm so thankful that forgiveness with the Lord is instantaneous. And I'm just simply trying to illustrate, I just want to be open and real, right? With the fact that we all stumble in many ways. 
I love the Lord more than ever before. I enjoy the Lord more than ever before. I see, frankly, I see growth. I see maturity. Um, you know, I see all these things. And praise God, every victory is Christ's victory. Praise God for that. But failure, like stumbling, is a part of my life. And it's a part of your life too, isn't it? Yeah, like I'm telling you the truth when I, when I say that personal evangelism is the weakest part of my Christian life. I'm constantly cast upon the Lord in dependence for the boldness that it takes to be a witness for Christ in this world. Um, I have a friend who asked William McDonald to, to edit a book for them on evangelism. And William McDonald, I take great comfort in this, William McDonald's response, he said, I'm an evangelistic flat tire. And uh, he said, I can't edit that for you. And, and um, like he saw himself as weak in that area. So I just want to highlight the fact that we all stumble in many ways that that's a reality that someday, praise God, we will be set free from. Amen? Yeah, someday, right? Never again. Someday, never again will we fail the Lord. I'm not saying that I'm okay with failure. The Lord is not okay with failure. But man, you learn to just instantly confess and you learn to be strong in the grace of God. And um, yeah, I just love this. So, so this is how this is how the Lord gave me to end the week. Would you turn to 1 Corinthians 15? This is where our title comes from. Grace, 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 grace. 1 Corinthians 15. And we're going to read uh, one verse, verse number 10. I have three simple little points, and we'll see them right here in the verse. By the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Point number one in in my simple little outline is um, transforming grace. Transforming grace. This is the perspective of the Apostle Paul on this subject of grace. Like, how did Paul view grace? And I love this phrase by the grace of God, I am what I am. Have you ever read through the New Testament and, and seen that Paul never got over his sin? Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, I love that. And it wasn't like, oh, woe is me. You know, it's like, oh, I'm so bad. Right, right. It wasn't self-focused at all. It was, it was um, I am unworthy. I am the least. I was, I was a bully. These are all things that, that Paul would say. I was violently arrogant. I was a blasphemer. Right, he just he gave his testimony over and over and over in the New Testament, and he refers to his sin over and over and over, but not in a self-focused "woe is me" way. It's a okay. This is the reality of who I was. There's a different reality now. I'm something different now than what I was, but I'm never gonna forget. <laughs> For the glory of Christ, I'm never gonna forget what I was. Yeah, and I love that about Paul. By the grace of God. Um, I am what I am. Yeah, let me just read to you. You don't have to turn. You can jot it down in your notes if you want. 2 Corinthians 5.17. And it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
the same, the same Apostle Paul would say, forgetting what is behind, we press on. So grace, 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 grace. We're not, we are not what we used to be. And as we walk with God, um, in my experience, uh, you could say that every six months, um, at least every year, you could look back and say, I'm not what I was a year ago. Praise God. My dad, my dad who's been perfect for, for over 10 years, um, he always used to say, uh, it takes a whole lifetime to grow up. And that is so true. That is so true. By the grace of God, I am what I, I am. So he acknowledges um, his sin. And then he acknowledges that he's been made new. He acknowledges that all of this was a, was a gift of grace. Yeah, by the grace of God, I am what I am, transforming grace. Point number two in my simple little outline, the proper result of grace, the proper biblical result of grace. So let's read it. By the grace of God, I am what I am. That's point one. His grace toward me was not in vain. Now let's just take a moment to pick that apart. That clearly implies that the grace of God can be in vain. In the, in the mind of Paul. Now, taking all of our theology, like using Scripture to interpret Scripture, um, how would we make sense of that, that the grace of God could be in vain? Would it mean that there would be a possibility that, that Paul would someday not enter heaven? No, of course not. I mean, he actually tells us in the verse what he means. The grace, his grace toward me was not in vain, but... I labored more abundantly than they all. So simply put, it's, it's this. This is what Paul is teaching. The grace of God should produce hard workers for God. If the grace of God has not produced in you a hard worker for God, then something's wrong. You're sick. Either you don't have spiritual life or you have sick spiritual life. And the Lord is so willing to heal you. He's so eager to love you and heal you and work in your life. But you can see it right there. Um, his grace toward me was not in vain. It, didn't, it wasn't for nothing, to put it in simple English. But I labored more abundantly than they all. I love that. Do you remember the story of the prodigal son, Luke 15? He wanted the benefits of the Father, right? Give me your inheritance. There's so many that say that. It's funny, I don't mean this to be painful in any way. Um, but there's so many that say that in the church, right? I want the benefits of the Father. But he didn't want intimacy with the Father. So he went off to a far country. He wanted to live how he wanted to live. So he wanted those benefits, right? I love being a, a son of the father. He's rich. I mean, look at all these benefits that I get for being related to him. Lord, get, or not Lord, um, Father, give me my inheritance, but I don't want to live closely to you. And so he goes, he goes off that way. Um, do you remember Johnny Manziel? Anybody remember Johnny Manziel? Johnny Football? Texas Tech? Number one draft pick, I think. Yeah, Cleveland Browns, incredible physical talent. Incredible physical talent. 
but he was addicted to drugs, addicted to a, a prodigal, literally prodigal lifestyle. And he just couldn't stay away from that long enough. I mean, all he had to do is nothing. <laughs> literally, all you have to do is nothing. And you're going to be, you're going to make tens, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars. And, but he just couldn't do it, right? He has all the, I mean, he had the ticket, right? The American dream. He had all these physical tools. Number one draft pick, starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. But, but his, sin, his sin just kept stumbling him to the point that they cut him. Some people want the benefits of being a professional football player, but they don't want the work of being a professional football player. And it's no different in the church. Like some people want the benefits of, of being reconciled to such an amazing God and being headed toward geography of heaven. But, they're, but they're, the, the grace of God hasn't produced in them what is, what is being described in the verse. So by the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace toward me was not in vain, yet I labored more abundantly than they all. Um, I love Paul's heart in 1 Corinthians where he says, he says um, that I might win the more. I love that. I just want to win one more, right? And he was just always thinking that, right? And then toward the Christians, right? I, I would do anything. I would never eat meat nor drink wine again if it would stumble one of my brothers and sisters. Um, you just, how, yeah, how could you not love the heart of the Apostle Paul? So the proper result of grace is that we would be a Christ-like, hard-working people, a Paul-like, hard-working people. Um, it's interesting, like we do tend to make excuses, all of us. And I love this little phrase. Um, when Christ is on the throne, desire finds a way. When Christ is on the throne, when he's in his proper place in our lives, desire to serve God, desire to be a testimony, desire for whatever, it, it finds a way to, to work itself out. So, by the grace of God, I am what I am, is the transform, transformation of grace. Um, his grace toward me was not in vain, yet I labor, but I labored more abundantly than they all, is the proper result of grace. And then that brings us to um, the personification of grace. And I love this last part. This is so massively encouraging. But, or excuse me, I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So, so Paul, in his view of God, the grace of God was like a person. It's personified. It's like a person that really God is doing all the work. So, so I hope everybody catches this. This is incredibly encouraging. How are we saved? By grace through faith. How are we sanctified? I would suggest by grace through faith. Colossians 2, 6, and 7. As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. The same way you got saved. As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, that's how you walk too. By grace, through faith. So, so how much did you contribute to your salvation? You're, you're willing, right? I mean, you, you, God, God gives us the prerogative to be either willing or unwilling, but really you just received it, right? 
And so what's the victory? Like everything we've been talking about all week long, what's the victory as we go down from here? Christ is the victory. The same way you're saved, you're sanctified. The same way you trusted him for your eternal salvation, you trust him to work in you and through you as you go down from this place. So yes, you cooperate. Yes, you make decisions that impact either grieving the Spirit or being filled with the Spirit. Yes, all these things are true, but we can just rely wholly on him and on his grace. And in the Apostle Paul's mind, um, really, um, I'm, this is what Paul would say, really, I'm not doing anything. Um, I was saved by grace. I'm being sanctified by grace. Uh, every bit of fruit or work that ends up coming uh, through my life, it's all just a picture of God's grace. So that's what Paul would say. That is so encouraging, isn't it? It's massively encouraging as we, as we head down from this place. Yet not I, but the grace of God labored through me. Um, channels only blessed master, but with all his wondrous power flowing through us, thou canst use us every day and every hour. And we saw a girl... In, uh, in freedom, we saw a girl saved. Um, probably, it's probably a couple months ago now. Um, her name is Yael. Um, hopefully you all, uh, man, it would be a delight if she came next year. I mean, I have no idea if she's even able to. Um, but yeah, hopefully you'll meet her sometime soon. But uh, we walked into a trailer, two of us on the team, we walked into a $350,000 broken down trailer in a trailer park because we were exploring options for long-term housing. And she was having an open house in the trailer. And so we went in and we introduced our, ourselves, and she introduced herself. We looked around the trailer quickly, and then we realized this is too far away from freedom. Like, we, we, can't, we couldn't even really consider something that's this far away. And, um, and so we told her, like, this isn't the right fit. But that first time we ever met her, we said, we're followers of Christ. That's why we're in California. The Lord sent us here to to love people, serve people, represent Christ in the community, share about how they could know for sure that their sins would be forgiven and they'd spend eternity with him. And, and she just graciously met us, you know. Um, the guy I was with, Micah Williams, he said, um, are there things that you could show us that would be closer to freedom? And she said, sure, there's always things. Like they go quick, but she said, there's always things that come on the market. And, and she said, I think I could actually take you and show you right now. And so we said, okay. So we, we drove just, you know, a few minutes back toward Freedom. And she showed us this second trailer. And, um, and then in that conversation, we said, hey, we'd love it if, if, um, if you wanted to come have lunch with the team sometime. You could meet our, our wives. You could meet our kids. And she said, oh, I'd love that, you know. And so we set up a time, and, and uh, Micah Micah on the team, he does beautiful leather work. And like this was made by Micah. And, um, and so he, he had enough time that he made her this beautiful handmade leather Bible. And um, she came and she had lunch with the team. And, and um, Christina Williams, during lunch, like I'm sitting there thinking, like, how do you start conversation? And, and like, I'm praying, you know. And Christina says, says, um, Hey, we, with our kids in homeschooling, we're going through da 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 da, and it came up the Messiah of Israel in the Old Testament. Um, have you ever thought about the Messiah of Israel? And and anyways, we call I don't we don't have a title for Christina, but we all kind of stand in awe of her natural ability just to know the right thing to say. It seems like all the time, and she'd be embarrassed if she heard me saying that. But um, 
But what I'm saying is, is like a couple of us met her. Christina knew exactly the right thing to say at the table. Micah made her a hand, handmade leather Bible. We gave her, we marked Isaiah 53 in it. Um, we, we handed her the Bible. Um, she took it like this and she cried. Um, I don't actually even know completely why, but, but just quiet tears, a couple tears. She cried and she held it just like this when we gave it to her. And um, that was probably two and a half years ago, it seems like. Um, and then she would reach out every three months, every six months. Lynn, Lynn would send her um, Friends of Israel gospel literature, uh, send her Nate Bramson's book. Um, you know, just periodically, you know, she would reach out, which is just good business. Like, eventually, we're going to be looking for long-term housing, and she's a realtor. Um, and then once in a while, we would reach out. We didn't know this, but, but during this two-year, two-and-a-half-year process, she studied, she, she took the Bible. Uh, her interest was peaked, for sure. She has a Jehovah's Witness friend that she works with, and so she started studying with the Jehovah's Witnesses for a year and a half, I think, um, twice a week, studying with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, and the Lord, by grace gave her the ability to see the error in what they were saying. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't yet know. That's a ministry of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't yet even know the Savior. Not filled with the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't keep the Holy Spirit from ministering to a person. 1 Corinthians 12 says, No one can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Spirit. It's the pre-salvific work of the Holy Spirit of God. Anyway, she texted us a couple months ago, and, and she said, It's been a magical journey with the Word of God. Um, finding Christ as Savior would be the best thing that could ever happen to me. Would you all have a Bible study with me? And we didn't know if she was saying she got saved, which looking back, we would say that we didn't, it doesn't look like she had gotten saved at that point. We, we wrote back, of course, immediately. We set up another lunch with the team. We had this wonderful lunch with the team. She came over the next, um, she said she wanted to study. So we said, next week. And she comes over, and she was still stumbling over the deity of Christ. And of course, the Jehovah's Witnesses had pounded into her that, that he wasn't God, right? And so we started with the Hebrew Scriptures, and then we just started walking through. And it was the most amazing, beautiful thing Right, scripture after scripture after scripture. As she saw it, um, she accepted it. Right, Isaiah nine, he, he shall be called uh, mighty God. But we just went over and over, you know, scripture after scripture, and eventually she just said, "It's overwhelming. It's so clear. Um, Jesus is the only person that could be the Messiah of Israel," which is so absolutely true. And then she said, and the fact that he is very God. He is God himself incarnate in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. And so we ended with John 1.12. As many as received him to those he gave the right to become sons of God, to those that believe on his name. We said, do you believe? And she said, yes. No, sorry. I said, do you, re do you receive? And she said, no. I said, do you believe? Sorry. I said, do you believe? And she said, yes. And then I said, do you receive? And she said, how could you believe without receiving? And um, the last thing she said to us that day, with tears coming down her face, uh, she said, there's hope for Israel. She loves her people. She grew up in Israel. And um, she loves her country. She loves her people. She was actually righteously angry that, um, that, that the Messiah is so downplayed in, in Israel. They're systematically rejecting the Messiah. Someday they'll, they'll accept him. 
as the Messiah, but right now they're rejecting. Anyways, I'm telling you that story for a specific reason. Um, it began with grace, right? All we did is get up in the morning and pray. We offer our bodies to you as a living sacrifice. And then we happened into a trailer and we met this Jewish girl. And then we had her over and, and made this initial contact, gave her a Bible, felt like that would be a, a wonderful step of love. And then she goes on this journey that we didn't even know what was happening that was so perilous spiritually. But the Lord was with her and took her every step of the way. Grace, 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 grace. He used all different parts of the team to accomplish his purposes. And then all of a sudden it ends up with, by the grace of God, she's a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. The grace of God's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So, so this is what God gave me. Um, by the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace toward me was not in vain, yet I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I at all. Um, it was really the grace of God laboring through, Paul would say, a, a willing instrument, a yielded, filled instrument. So, so as you go down from this place, um, yeah, grace, 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 grace. Like just, we all stumble in many ways. Um, it's funny, the, the scripture does not assume failure. And so I don't want to be too strong and just assume failure. Um, and yet, I love that verse, James 3. We all stumble in many ways. We live in that reality. But the path of the righteous is as the noonday sun growing ever brighter until that day. So grace, 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 grace. Father, we commit this to you. Um, thank you for grace. Thank you for an ocean of grace. Thank you for grace that saves. Thank you for grace that sanctifies. Thank you for grace that uses us. Thank you for grace that instantly forgives us. Thank you that you're not done with me. Thank you that you're willing to use me where I'm the weakest. And you're also willing to use me how I've been spiritually built to be strong. Yeah, thank you. From beginning to end, it's grace. Or we could say this in the exact same way, but with different words. Um, it all begins with Christ. It all exists because of Christ. It all ends up with Christ's glory. So it's because of Christ, it's to Christ, and it's through Christ. So we just give you thanks and praise in his worthy name. Amen.